Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Salisbury Center, United Methodist Church, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. The vision here at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Hoorah! Uh, let's see announcements this morning. Uh, just a reminder, our motto is Rekindle Me in 23. Rekindle Me in 23. Um, we have started the disaffiliation process. We will start our capital campaign uh, 1 February. We'll be talking about it more in church, of course, and I'll have more to say next week. But I will say that we have come into agreement um, and we made our first payment towards our parsonage. So we have 10 years of payments, uh, but it has begun, praise God, to put that parsonage in our name only. So you'll hear more on that uh, next week. But I am very, very excited about what's going on, what God is doing with this church and community. This morning's memory verse comes from Romans 12, 11. Romans 12, 11, it says, Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. May it be so. Let us pray. Father God, with your power, nothing is impossible. With spirit raised and hearts trusting, we are grateful for your promise that when two or more are gathered, you are there among them. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in your holy presence once more. We ask that you would bless our worship service. We pray that you would help us have a yearning heart and an open ear so we may thirst for your word and manifest your glory today. May you fill us with wisdom to understand your will. And after this worship service, may you help us Make, will you help make us instruments for your greater purpose? May you restore, strengthen, and bless this fellowship and help us to use all the blessings you give us to glorify your precious name. Father God, your name makes all darkness disappear. We are grateful for your mighty presence today that envelops us. We ask for your protection and guidance in our seasons of preparation. We pray today for intercession through the power of Jesus' name that in whatever we do for the glory of God, may the Spirit be there to guide us. We pray that you would grant our physical body the divine mysteries of the Spirit, and we seek your blessings abundant enough to complete our mission. Make us true followers and an example of a good child of God before the whole world. Fill us with the strength of the Holy Spirit so we may fulfill your purpose. We ask all this in his precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, please join me for the call to worship. Jesus taught, blessed are the poor in spirit. He said that the realm of God is theirs. We read that those who mourn are blessed. Jesus said they will be comforted. The meek will inherit the earth. The merciful will obtain mercy. All who hunger and thirst for rich treasures are blessed. Jesus said they will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart and the peacemakers. 
They are God's children and will see God. Those persecuted and falsely accused are blessed. Even in the face of evil, we will rejoice. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Romans. Romans eleven thirteen through 24. Romans eleven thirteen through 24. Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, and as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I celebrate my ministry in order to make my own people jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is a reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, then the branches also are holy. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, a wild olive shoot, were grafted among the others to share the rich root of the olive tree, do not boast over the branches. If you do boast, remember, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That's true. They were broken off on account of unbelief, but you stand on account of belief. So do not become arrogant, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness toward you, if you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And even those of Israel, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you have been cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to joys and concerns this morning. And uh, while we have uh, several people still out sick, probably 10 or 12 a week are calling uh, sick. We have, actually, we have a couple with COVID, uh, some with the flu, some with low uh, immune systems that can't come back to church yet. Um, So we want to continue to pray for them. Mr. H had some beautiful, beautiful news Friday. He went to the doctor and they checked his bladder and they said his bladder was fine. Now, if you remember, he had been diagnosed with kidney, or excuse me, with uh, cancer of his kidney, bladder, and uh, his leg or pelvis. Uh, So he is fighting the good fight. I mean, he's, he was discouraged for a bit, but boy, he, he was so excited Friday, he actually went out and was able to shovel for the first time. Uh, possibly this winter, because he's been hurting so much. So praise God, and I thank you all for the prayers for Mr. H. Um, And as I said, uh, Whitney and her husband uh, tested positive for COVID. So uh, they're they're a young couple. They're strong, uh, relatively healthy otherwise. So uh, we just know that God's going to carry them through this. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we lift to you our loved ones who are sick or in the hospital. We ask for your healing powers and your divine mercy to be upon them. 
Let your healing powers flow in their souls. Give them the courage they need to fight the sickness they're going through right now. Father, we also pray for broken families today. Help us to genuinely repent and seek forgiveness from family members we've hurt. Empower us to forgive those who've wronged us. Empower us to respond to each other with respect and affection. Lord Jesus, we ask you to break the bondage of sin and addiction in our lives so we may find hope and comfort in you. Wash away our unwanted desires and cleanse us with your sacred blood. We pray for protection from any temptation we may be facing today. God, we ask you to bless us and those we lifted as we come to you today. Please give us the courage and strength we need to get through each day. Remind us of your love, Christ Jesus, and let that be enough to drive out any fear in our hearts. Lord, we do pray for those living in fear today. We ask you to help us fight any fear and lead us to trust you even when we're scared. We know you want what is best for us, and we believe that living in fear is not your will for us. We come to you in all humility, asking that you give our hearts enough peace so we can hear the voice of comfort from the Holy Spirit. We don't know how to keep going without your help, Lord. Please speak to us, Holy Spirit. Teach us what to do. We want to trust you despite the fear in our hearts and minds. Bless us with that peace that only you can give us, Jesus. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. The title to this morning's message, of course, we're doing the three-week series on Restore, Rekindle, and Rededicate. Today, uh, we'll be focusing on uh, rededicating. We spent the last two weeks discussing a new beginning, or another new beginning, if you will, perhaps a starting over period. You see, sometimes we go through dried periods in our lives, and we end up like those dried out old bones in the desert, and we need to be brought back to life. Sometimes it's in our relationship with each other, and sometimes it's in our relationship with Jesus. The danger in becoming complacent in the one relationship affects us during our life here on earth, but the other could affect where we spend eternity in the next life. Our prayer was, and still is, that Jesus would strip away our complacency, our scars, our hurts, and our pride so we could fall back in love with our spouses and with Jesus Christ himself. We agreed we needed to be brought down or broken so we could lose our fleshly attitude and be restored physically and spiritually by the blood of Christ and the work of the Spirit. Last week I told the story of a pastor going to visit the gentleman who'd been skipping church on Sundays. The example the preacher used was that a log loses its flame and its fire when separated from the rest of the burning logs. And so do we, if we skip assembling with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I read an interesting article uh, concerning church attendance last week. It was a specific study examining the effects the COVID-19 lockdowns had on church attendance. It revealed that pandemic, quote, resulted in an overall decline of religious participation. It stated approximately one-third of Americans not only stopped attending religious services during the lockdowns, but that same number did not return after the pandemic. 
Now, I can verify this is true uh, through my many discussions with other pastors and district superintendents. We've been told the majority of Methodist churches are still in seasons of decline. They're seeing some of the lowest attendance numbers in decades. But I'm going to ask our church tomorrow to take a look around. We don't see a decline in our church. Obviously, we've grown, and as I stated last week, we will continue to grow with God's blessings. But I want you to know, it isn't just our church that's growing. Every conservative church that I'm associated with in upstate New York has continued to grow. I speak with pastors from our conference every week, some of them every day. Now, liberal churches have indeed suffered a decline, but conservative, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching, Spirit-filled congregations have grown, praise God. And I believe because of our obedience to the Word of God, we will all continue to grow. God is, God is doing something right now during our lifetime, brothers and sisters, and it's exciting. And we know it's true. God has closed many dead churches over the years. And I, I actually preached on that one Sunday. But it seems to me that he's accelerated his plan to create true disciples of Jesus Christ. And we are blessed. We are blessed to be a part of his movement to create those disciples for the transformation of the world. But we have to remember that not all are called and not all stay. A Pew Research Center published a survey in September identifying a skyrocketing number of Americans leaving Christianity. They're leaving Christianity to become atheist, agnostic, or ready for this, nothing in particular. The study went on to predict that if the number of Christians under 30 years old continue to abandon their faith, Christians will become a minority in the U.S. by the year 2045. It ended the article with this warning. As the number of the faithful declines, those in the ministry, preachers, have been stretched thin to the point of burnout. So to sum all that up, it warns us that not only are people abandoning their faith, but our faith leaders are in danger of burning out as they navigate the stress of the pulpit in their own private lives. As a robot on Lost in Space used to declare, Danger! Danger, Will Rogers! Most of you have witnessed the stress of ministry within our local communities. And I will admit, the danger of pastoral burnout is real. We don't need to be reminded it's a spiritual battle carried out by the enemy and his minions. But unfortunately, sometimes those minions are people who attend church services. But this church, this church recognizes the stress all pastors are under, and actually they do something about it. Did you know we have a group of men here that pray specifically for pastors? A friend of mine named Jeff started that. He started it during COVID, and they continue to this day. Their prayers help pastors not only fight burnout, but they help us to be rekindled. And I wouldn't think to leave out the rest of our congregation here. You have no idea how many phone calls, texts, or emails I get checking on me and my family. Honestly, my bride and I are rekindled every Sunday when we spend time with our brothers and sisters of Christ. 
and God knows we need it. I truly can't imagine what what our, what our lives would be like if we skipped church and didn't get all this love and care. Galatians 6.2 tells believers to bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I believe this church does it well. Of course, if we don't come to church, we won't get a chance to receive that blessing, which boggles my mind, to be honest. Is there another place I don't know about where we can go to be lifted up, encouraged, and have our burdens shared without judgment or condemnation? I don't think so. We need to be rekindled. And last week we agreed our new motto for this year would be rekindle me in 23. But what do we do once our fires are stoked and we're rekindled? I think the answer is simple. We need to rededicate our lives to Christ. For those that have fallen away from the practices of Christianity, we need to turn back to Christ and strive to follow him more completely. Those practices include all those basics I preach about almost every week. We keep our fires burning for Christ by spending more time reading scripture, devotions, and praying daily. And of course, all that helps us offset the danger of complacency or or worldly influence. And we need to say Noah more often to the enemy and to our liberal society that pushes our beliefs on us. It seems many of us were led to believe that simply attending worship service made us good Christians. That is a lie, of course. Just ask those who attended the church in Laodicea. Actually, you can't. So let's just hear what Jesus had to say to them. In Revelation 3, 15 through 16, we hear Jesus not only telling them, but he's telling us, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. We serve no kingdom purpose when we are cold. We can't serve anyone when we're cold. And I believe it's more dangerous to be lukewarm than to be cold. You see, being lukewarm sets a bad example for others and it gives us a false sense of security. Being lukewarm means we dabble in Christianity, that we get just close enough to Jesus to feel comfortable or or to feel saved. Being lukewarm means we don't have the fire of Christ burning in us, and it usually leads to us acting more worldly than Christly or Christ-like. It also means that we're trying to just get by, to just do the minimum. But what does that teach other people who are seeking Christ? It leads to the old lie that all you have to do is be a good person and attend church to get to heaven. We all know that that too is a lie. But we won't see those around us trusting Christ until they recognize a clear difference between us and the rest of the world. John fourteen sixteen, We have Jesus telling the world, No one... No one comes to the Father except through me. Can we really claim a relationship with Christ if we're skipping church or not doing the basics of reading and praying? Imagine a weightlifter, if you will. Can he or she gain muscle or grow stronger if they only go to the gym when they feel like it? 
or when they feel like it's convenient. Much like the Laodiceans, they would be considered lukewarm without any visible growth. And in some cases, they may even lose muscle instead of gaining it. And what kind of example are they setting for other inspiring weightlifters? Are they giving them the false notion they only have to do the minimum to grow? What normally happens when a weightlifter doesn't experience growth? They get discouraged. Their fires go out. And unless they're rekindled, they eventually stop going to the gym and then stop growing for sure. Well, the same holds true for those who want to grow in Christ. We can't simply simply attend and expect growth to occur. We have to be active. We have to be present and participate by doing the basics in between weekly services. We need to rekindle our fires and rededicate our lives to Christ. Jesus needs to be our foundation. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, he teaches us, Everyone, then, who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Jesus is the rock of true believers. Those who fall out or simply do the minimum are at the risk of hearing Jesus say, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Now, I know what it's like to do the minimum, and expect better results. I've been on Weight Watchers again for several months. In that program, you're allotted so many points each day. If you stay within your points, you lose weight. Each food has a a weight, or excuse me, each food has a point assigned to it. So if you stay within your points, you'll lose weight. But if you don't, nothing changes. Or in some cases, you actually gain weight. Now I know that Weight Watcher works. I was on it a few years ago, and I lost 36 pounds. I tracked every food I ate, just like they taught me. I stayed within my point allotment, just like they taught me. I did all the things I needed to achieve my goal, losing weight. And it worked. It worked because I was truthful and faithful and committed. But then, I decided I could probably do it on my own, and I stopped following the program. After gaining 20 pounds back, I decided to start again a few months ago. But guess what? I've barely lost any weight this time. And the reason is because I don't follow the plan with the same dedication I did the first time. Oh, I know it would work if I did. But I become complacent. And the results are just about what you'd expect for someone being lukewarm with their effort and commitment. Well, it works the same way with our walk with Christ. We will get results, whether we're cold, lukewarm, or hot. The difference is the type of results we get. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 tells us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus. Look into Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, 
who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary in your souls or lose heart. We are called to run with perseverance and to look to Jesus so our souls don't grow weary and that we don't lose heart. I believe it's time that we all rededicate our lives to Christ. Oswald Chambers said, Not often, but every once in a while, God brings us to a major turning point, a great crossroads in our life. From that point, we either go toward a more and more slow, lazy, and useless Christian life, or we become more and more on fire, giving our utmost for his highest, our best for his glory. Let today be the day we begin getting more and more on fire for Christ, and then let us stay on course, refusing to try getting by with just the minimum. We need to get back to reading the Bible, praying and meditating on God's Word. We need to start with the basics and then build off that foundation as we grow stronger, both as individuals and as a congregation. So let today be the day we surrender to Christ and rededicate our lives to Him. Billy Graham tells this story. He said, some time ago, a policeman asked me what the secret of victorious living was. I told him there's no magic formula that can be pronounced. But if any word could describe it, I would say surrender. The second word I would say would be devotion. Nothing can take the place of a daily devotional life with Christ, he said. Your quiet time, your prayer time, The time you spend in the Word is absolutely essential for a happy Christian life. Unlike soldiers at war, Christians must surrender before they are victorious. Victorious in Christ. We know this world is a mess and the Bible says it will only get worse as the end times grow closer. Now I asked uh, Gene to print the Wesley Covenant Prayer on the back of our refrigerator reminders in church. I'm going to ask each of them to uh, take one home with them when they leave. And then I'm going to ask them to read it, and if the Spirit leads them, to pray that renewal prayer at home. I'm going to suggest that they leave it on the refrigerator as a general reminder when you feel the fire slipping from your spirit. So to all of you, let's rededicate our lives and strive for a deeper walk with Jesus and be a light to this dying world around us. Let us get restored rededicated, and rekindled so we can be strong for him as we lead others to him. Let us pray. Father God, let us embrace the costly blessings which you desire for us, blessings that confound the wisdom and strength of this world. Teach us to be your agents of preservation in a world touched by death and beacons of hope in a world shrouded in darkness. Transform us into your image through the crucible of the cross, writing your mandates upon our hearts made pure by your perfect love. Embolden us to be your ambassadors, living as representatives of your holy kingdom, stirring in us your love for others, especially for those who would seek to destroy us because of you. Make us decrease so that you might increase as a watching world sees you, not us. Daily we declare that Your priorities are ours, even before our own needs and desires. 
Every moment we live, we live for your glory, the glory of a loving Father and a just King. We ask you to free us of any distraction, craving, or anxiety that would keep us from fully following you. For we acknowledge that everything we could possibly need is yours to give. Remind us of our sinful brokenness and your gift of grace as we encounter brokenness in others. You are the answer to our every question. You are the treasure that we desperately seek, and it's you who invites us into your salvation as prodigals returning to the Father's embrace. Lord, keep us on your path of righteousness and justice, bearing the good fruit of your Spirit, for it is on you, Lord Jesus, that all hope is built for all of creation now and forevermore. Amen. What can we do to send the message of the cross to those who think it's foolishness? How will the gospel be proclaimed to people who are perishing, both within and far beyond the church? One way is through the sharing of resources God has given us, our time, our talent, and our treasure. Let us give all these with joy. As we move to the offering this morning, I remind you once again how proud I am of all of you, how thankful I am that you are obedient. Thank you for your contributions to the church and, and to the work that it's doing in the community. I, I'm just, you will so be rewarded, truly rewarded by God. Thank you so much. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, from you comes every good and perfect gift. We give you praise and thanks for all your mercies. Your goodness has created us. Your bounty has sustained us. Your discipline has chastened us. Your patience has borne with us. And your love has redeemed us. Give us a heart to love and serve you and enable us to show our thankfulness for all your goodness and mercy by giving up ourselves to your service and cheerfully submitting in all things to your blessed will. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Honor and fear God each day. Speak the truth to all from your heart. Rejoice. Be glad God chose you for a blessing. Consider your call and live righteously. And now receive the benediction. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together, together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay connected, and stay in his word. God bless you all.